Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, I'm always racking my brains, uh, talking to my team, to Harry, to Tom, about how we can disrupt this podcast and it not just be the same. And also, one way to do that is to not have massive long intros to podcasts, because I know a lot of people don't like long intros, but I do need to set the scene for this one because this guest is a completely different guest to we've ever had before And this was a strategic, on-purpose choice to interview this man. So I'm seeking out more and more people that are less known and aren't necessarily generically famous. I'm also seeking out people who are, but I'm seeking out people who are the very top of their game, but maybe the masses don't know them or know that niche that well. And uh, Alain Robert, who you are about to listen to, Um, If anyone knows anything about climbing or extreme sports, they will know who he is. He's a world famous, maybe the most world famous urban climber. He's also known, they've given him the name, the human Spider-Man. So he's climbed over 160 buildings in multiple countries. He started when he was 11 uh, and we take you through the journey. He's now 56, which you'll hear about in a minute. Uh, he never uses safety gear. And to me, this is unbelievable. And um, I really wanted to focus in the podcast on fear and dealing with fear and embracing fear, because as entrepreneurs, I think that's something we have to do every day. And I think you'll love his attitude towards fear. I think um, fearless is not the wrong word, but I just think he has a really great attitude towards fear. He's never, ever climbed any buildings with any safety gear. Um, He's climbed the tallest buildings in the world, so the Burj Khalifa, the Eiffel Tower, One Canada Square. Um, A lot of what he does is illegal um, and is often getting in trouble with the law. But you'll hear from the podcast that actually a lot of the law also like it. He's very disruptive. He gave a great answer to the disruptive question that I usually ask. Um, So I did have a dig for business, monetization, uh, the sponsorship side of his work, which he was very kind to open up about. But this isn't designed to be a really business-focused, money-focused podcast. It's more about passion, embracing fear, doing the thing that you love, taking risks. And I think that it delivers that. Uh, Now, of course, um, the podcast is about you and not about me. So I am seeing a lot of these very new guests as a test. I'm about to interview in a few minutes' time Dan D'Agostino, who makes a quarter of a million dollar amplifiers. I'm big into hi-fi, it's a passion of mine. And it's another test of a guest that you won't see doing the podcast circuit on any other podcast. I'm trying to be unique and different and give you new insights and new flavors and not just be the same old tips that that everyone sort of does the journey on. So um, I'd love your feedback if you think that these are the kind of guests and this kind of podcast you want me to do. Um, You know where you can find me on social media, um, or in the disruptive entrepreneur community. Anyway, I don't want to go on any longer. I've definitely said uh, what needs to be said. Um, picture the scene. So he's in Bali. 
Uh, it actually looks like he's got no clothes on if you watch the video. Halfway in, you can just see the top of his shorts. And I was so relieved that actually he did have pants on. Um, and of, co of course, he's got a very strong French accent and it is over Skype. So, you know, it, it, the audio quality might, might be a bit raw in that regard. Um, but yeah, he's just um, just woken up to do a podcast with us. So remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And here is the podcast interview with Alain Robert, the human Spider-Man. Alain, thank you very much for doing the interview today. Where are you based at the moment? I can see you, you're not wearing many clothes and the weather looks good. Yeah, well, actually, I am in, uh, in Bali. I, I do live in Bali. So meaning that most of the year, except that if I'm traveling, uh, this, is my, uh, this is where I live. Right. And um, is there a reason you chose to live in Bali? Because I guess you weren't born there? No, no, not at all. Just because I, uh, well, I liked uh, this part of uh, Indonesia. Uh, I like the landscape. I like the people. So, And then uh, I have just uh, decided that it was a cool place for uh, establishing myself. So when you say establishing yourself, do you mean just as a base to live or do you mean for your career and your passion as well? Well, talking about my passion, you know, nowadays uh, it is more into uh, climbing buildings. So I only need to have uh, a climbing wall. Uh, there is also uh, around my place a couple of uh, climbing gyms. So uh, for me, uh, it's kind of enough, you know. Sure. Comparison, uh, as for example, in the past, which... Um, I was doing uh, more rock climbing. Then, of course, uh, Bali would be uh, very uh, disappointing because there isn't much to climb. So um, we'll get into your climbing in a minute. Um, the question I wanted to lead in w is how do you deal with fear and conquer fear? I mean, scaling the biggest, hardest buildings in the world with <laughs> no safety equipment. Surely you must get scared from time to time. I think uh, fear is never that uh, complicated because um, the thing is, uh, I have started to to climb because of uh, because of a wish, because of a dream. When I was young, I saw a movie inspired by a novel from uh, Henri Troyat. Uh, it was a plane flying from uh, India and crashing uh, near the top of Mont Blanc. Then two brothers guide. They are climbing uh, the mountain uh, for rescuing people. And then I got really impressed and really uh, inspired by that. So, and that is the reason why that uh, when I was uh, around 11, I have started to climb. Okay. So <laughs> some people may say that um, it takes a certain type of person to get inspired to do something based on a plane crashing. So you said fear is quite simple. Um, sometimes for me, uh, I get very comfortable and just little things like asking for things and fearing rejection can create fear in me. But you risk your life on what seems like a daily basis. So how could you break how you conquer fear down in your mind? For, for me, you know, as I'm telling you, um, it has never been really uh, complicated because by uh, climbing, I am just trying uh, each time uh, to realize a dream. So let's say that I'm not really uh, forcing myself. On the contrary, because uh, as a young boy, 
even though you know I, I was having that dream of uh, one day becoming a climber, I was afraid of height. <laughs> My, my desire to be a climber, I guess, was much stronger than my fear of height. So even though it took quite some time, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I did manage to uh, overcome my fear of, uh, of height, my fear of dying, actually, because uh, when you are afraid of height, it's because deep down your brain knows the consequences of uh, any mistake. Sure. And, and what is it about climbing and... Um the massive challenges you take on that um, that has become a dream of yours? What, why is it your passion? What do you love about it? Well, I think what is interesting um, somewhere, it is to put uh, my life uh, at stake. Uh, for some reason, uh, I enjoy it. And, uh, and finding uh, into myself the resources to to make it. You know, meaning I'm not climbing uh, because I am a suicidal person. It is uh, exactly uh, the opposite. So let's say that uh, I am taking uh, some kind of uh, calculated risks my own way yeah? because uh, I also like very much uh, pushing uh, the envelope. I, I am kind of good at it, so it worked until now. Why do you think you enjoy putting yourself in those life-threatening situations i enjoy because uh it keeps me it keeps me alive maybe some people would say uh they, they don't need to feel uh close to their limit or their own death to feel alive but this, this is the way uh how it works on my mind you know for so long so i'm not even uh, any longer questioning myself I, I just do it because uh, I love it. So do you think in other areas of your life and maybe people listening and watching their lives, we should maybe take more risks? Well, it, there again, you know, it, it depends on people, you know. Some, like me, they do need to, to take some risk to feel alive. And uh, there is plenty of uh, other people. This is exactly uh, the opposite. Although... Although on the flip side, most of the people, they like watching uh, action movies full of uh, amazing stunts, which most of them, uh, it is only a special effect. So, but it's a bit of a contradiction in between uh, the human being who is watching uh, a movie and the human being uh, who is uh, living uh, a simple life or a dangerous life. And do you sometimes feel sort of in a bit of a paradox or a contradiction whereby you feel alive pushing yourself to the limits, but pushing yourself to the limits could ultimately kill you? No, you are right. You are right. But uh, for some reason also, the closer I am uh, to my limit, the more uh, satisfaction I am getting. It's kind of... Very simple uh, mechanism. I think pretty much uh, everybody uh, will be uh, functioning like me. Mm. But if everybody, the thing is, I think you, you see a lot of people, whether their career or their health or their passions, they're just, un they're just comfortable. They're just in a habit and a routine where they don't push any boundaries. Um, 
you clearly do push boundaries. So what would you say to someone who wants to take more of a risk or push more boundaries or feel more alive? You, you clearly have managed to do it. How could they? The thing is, uh, you, you, you need first to find uh, your own path. It's not something that uh, it doesn't come by uh, hard. You, you need to have some uh, motivation. Like me, you know, I got this uh, movie. I, I got inspired by something. It could have been uh, maybe uh, doing something else, but actually I got inspired by seeing some people uh, climbing a mountain. You know, if, if there is uh, nothing that is really uh, attracting you, I guess it's kind of uh, complicated. You know, it's only along the way. It's not really about uh, inventing something new, even though, you know, uh, by uh, climbing buildings, uh, it was kind of new for me and uh, also for most of the people. Maybe that's also one of the components why I became uh, famous around the world. Because uh, overall, uh, there isn't so many people uh, who are climbing uh, buildings and especially uh, using only their bare hands. So I want to come back to the finding your, your path in a moment because I think you'd have some insight. But let's talk about that now. You're not a normal climber who climbs climbing walls or mountains. Um, and so for those people who don't know you, how are you different in the way you climb and why do you do it? Why I am not using uh, safety, right? This is the question. <laughs> Actually, I'm not really even interested by uh, sports. So for me, uh, what makes me uh, ticking, this is the fact that I am doing uh, something uh, difficult that potentially uh, could be uh, deadly. So if I was climbing uh, with a rope, I would be uh, eliminating those risks and then it would be just a sport and I'm not interested. Right. So if it's not a sport to you, what is it to you? Is it more like a, like a, way, like a way of living, you know, a little bit sometimes uh, on the edge, not every day because it would be uh, quite difficult. But at least once in a while, I, I need to feel that I am touching uh, from the tip of my finger the depth knowing that uh, I want to stay alive and I need to fight to stay alive. And uh, it makes me uh, enjoy my life uh, even more. Is there any buildings that you've climbed that have really pushed your limits and tested you in that way? There's actually a few like uh, the Blue Cross in Philadelphia, like climbing the, the Tears Tower in Chicago. Uh, climbing uh, Framatome Tower in Paris. Uh, there is quite a lot, you know. You know, I, I've, been, I've been so close uh, to fall and to die uh, so many times that sometimes uh, it's difficult for me uh, to tell you uh, which one. How do you prepare for something like that then? How, you know, you know you're climbing something that could bring your death and there's no safety equipment. How do you prepare? Just by... Uh, by by doing, uh, you know, uh, normal training, but mo mo most of all, everything has to do with the wheel uh, power. As long as you're having the wheel uh, for doing something, it works. Well, so far, this is uh, how my mind is working. You say normal training. Um, normal training to you, Alain, probably isn't normal training to us. So what, what's normal training for you? You said 
in Bali, you've got a, a climbing wall and there's a climbing gym. So what's normal training for you? Uh, this is just like, you know, nowadays I'm now 56, so uh, I don't need to train uh, that much. Like uh, if I am doing uh, one hour every day, uh, it's fine. So um, I just go uh, on my climbing wall. It's, um, it's a roof, so it's quite uh, physical. And I'm just having uh, to invent some uh, difficulties yeah, yeah. and just to, to repeat uh, over and over again. And this is the way, uh, the way uh, how it works. Mm. And you say you're 56 and you don't need to train as much. Is that because you feel like you've got a lot of experience behind you? Um, is there a reason you don't feel like you have to train as much? It's more because, uh, you know, that my uh, muscles... You know, what you're having to understand, nowadays uh, I am choosing uh, easier targets than in the past. Because uh, although I think I am still uh, in a good shape, even though I am 56, but uh, at 56, you are not like uh, when you are 35 or, or even 40. So it means that, uh, unfortunately for me, but also uh, fortunately, I can just afford to choose some uh, reasonable uh, targets. And then I know pretty much that I can make it and I make it. So is there like an internal dialogue or battle even with your ego? Because I can imagine there's a fine line there. You want to challenge yourself and take some big buildings on to feel that feeling alive. But like you said, you're 56, you're not 35. And if you take on a challenge that's a bit too big and your ego gets ahead of you, then that could be bad. No, I know. That, that's why I need to carefully uh, choosing my, uh, my goals because um, I, I know that, for example, uh, if I am choosing uh, a building, a city, a country, uh, I am first studying the building. Um, if I know that it's not really uh, reasonable to do it, I just uh, leave it. I'm coming back home. I am uh, training uh, specifically. And when I feel that I am ready, uh, I just go back and uh, I'm trying to make it. And when you were 35, would you say you were more stubborn or more driven or, or maybe found it harder to walk away? I, 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 guess, I guess so. You, you know, uh, uh, to be honest with you, my uh, most amazing uh, challenge, I did it when I was uh, 30 and it was some uh, rock climbing ascent. Things that uh, I have uh, free soloed, like uh, Pol Pot in Verdun, 513A. It's just imagine it's a slab with uh, 300 meters. There is some uh, very small uh, pockets, some uh, friction. You are far, far away uh, from the ground. There is some uh, dino moves, and it's kind of uh, scary. Just thinking that. Maybe one day you're going to do that uh, free solo. It's kind of a crazy stuff. And also, I do like uh, La Nuit du Lézard in uh, Bux. It's even uh, harder. It's uh, 513C, uh, 513C, 513D. And uh, it's also completely uh, crazy. It is also the reason why I made a, I made a name. Because uh, at first, before being uh, contacted to climb some building, 
I was appearing in the climbing magazine uh, all around the world. Nowadays, people, they don't really remember about it because uh, that was pretty much before uh, internet. You know, nowadays it's kind of a luxury. Uh, everybody can do a movie on time. Everybody can take some pictures as uh, before. I'm talking about uh, nearly 35 to 30 years ago, there wasn't such a thing. So if there wasn't some uh, TV, some medias were following you, there was absolutely uh, no coverage. That's interesting. So um, I want to come to that in a minute as well. Um, you said you study buildings and, you know, you can work out if it's something that you climb or not. So how do you study a building and what are the factors of a building that might make you think, yes, I'm going to climb it or no, I'm not? Well, first of all, usually uh, at the first glimpse, I can tell you uh, whether it will be possible or not. And then uh, later on, uh, I need to try. So usually I'm doing it uh, at night, like uh, trying to climb a few meters up and down. Sometimes I can't. I can't even take off. And it takes, uh, you know, time before I can find a, a solution. And yeah, this is pretty much the way how it works. Of course, sometimes uh, I am having also a big surprise when when I am climbing because the, struct the structure may change, may not be uh, regular, or there may be some missing uh, pieces on the building. So that, that there is plenty of uh, factors that can make it uh, challenging. You said just a minute ago um, that the internet uh, and maybe even social media has changed the way um, climbing is or you can um, get jobs or, or maybe turning it into a career. So could you tell us how you've managed to forge a career in something that for most people is just a hobby? For me, you know, let's say that uh, I, I got lucky because, um, first of all, uh, I have been uh, contacted. Uh, I started to get uh, sponsored when I was making money because obviously, uh, if you want to be a professional uh, climber, you need to make a living. And then I, uh, for some reason, uh, people, uh, they found out that what I was doing was uh, amazing. Then I got more and more uh, demands, and then it just became uh, a way of living, a way of uh, making money, and uh, but most of all, uh, a way of having fun. Mm. Because if you look at it, at the end of the day, uh, this is the path that I did choose when I was uh, 11 years old. I say that all along my life, I have been uh, entirely uh, faithful to my uh, pap. You got into it when you were 11. Uh, when was the first time you actually thought this could be a career? You know, I, I'm getting paid for this. I could make money from this. Well, I, I, I thought about it even when I was uh, a teenager. But uh, it's only, you know, uh, when, when I have started to get some uh, sponsors, then I realized that maybe one day uh, it could be possible uh, just to live by uh, climbing. At the beginning, that was not the case. When I was only uh, doing uh, rock climbing, even though I was uh, free following at the highest level in the world, still there wasn't much uh, money. It's only when I started to climb buildings that uh, I have started to get more sponsors. Uh, okay. So at what age were you, did you get your first sponsorship? Can you remember? 
Yeah, well, when I was like uh, 18 years old, wow. I, started, I started to get free uh, climbing shoes, uh, you know, all the stuff that people need uh, for climbing. That, that wasn't enough because uh, even though you're having climbing shoes, uh, you know, uh, you are not making a living with uh, climbing shoes. <laughs> And um, at what age would you say that the sponsorship deals started to come in that were, you know, you started to think, OK, this is not just shoes. This is maybe a career. Uh, you know, when I was around uh, 28, 29. Mm, OK, so, you know, you put a good 15 years into this before it was a real living. Exactly. You know, it, it's kind of a long, uh, a long way. You know, I um, it didn't come like that. Just uh by hazard and uh, right away. Uh, I, actually, you know, I, I've been, um, yeah, I, I've been training hard and uh, I, I became famous because I was so uh, passionate about climbing. How did you sustain yourself till the age of 28 to pay for your climbing? Because I guess you had to have other part-time jobs and things to be able to live. Yeah, I, 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 I was having to work. Uh, I, I remember because uh, I was working uh, in a sports shop and then uh, I was making uh, I was making a living. As the, the good thing is, as I was already uh, locally famous as a rock climber, even in France, uh, still I remember because my boss was paying me like a full time job, although I was just doing uh, eighteen hours a week. So if someone's following a passion like you are, and they're a few years in and they can't. They're not yet monetizing it. Would you say it's smart advice to just carry on having fun, following your passion, you'll make it in the end? Or, or to some people, is that too much of a risk? No, no, me, me I would say that, uh, you know, if you like it, if you think that this is uh, your, your path, this is your goal, you better carry on. And then maybe until one day uh, you are famous and you can make a living. And if for some reason, uh, you can't make a living. Still, as long as you're having fun, uh, it's really great. Let's go back to the sponsorship then, because this is interesting. And I'm, I'm asking because, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to learn. How does the sponsorship work with you, the, the sort of the business model behind it? Why would someone sponsor you and essentially fund you? And what do they get out of it? Because, you know, nowadays people they have understood that when I climb, they can get a huge uh, coverage. It's right. even uh, phenomenal, Me meaning uh, if a company uh, is giving you some money uh, in return, what they are getting is, I don't know if you have checked about my last uh, ascent I did uh, in London. The, the, the coverage is uh, tremendous. Pretty much all of the biggest uh, TV channels, they, they have shown it on TV, on the news, most of the time, this is what people uh, are watching the most. So we are talking about uh, maybe a, a, a billion of people uh, saw it on TV. Wow. So the impact is, uh, is tremendous. How, what do you offer them? What's, what's the deal with them? Is it, um, what, what do they get when they sponsor you? They are, they are not asking for anything, just uh, wearing the brand on my, uh, on my shirt, on my pants. Uh, if there is uh, interviews, maybe I can quote the brands. Sometimes it's possible, uh, sometimes it's not. And that's the only thing. And they are, of course, uh, asking me uh, to use uh, some of the pictures. 
uh, videos as well, because nowadays, you know, I'm climbing with some uh, head cameras, so I'm giving a uh, footage for free, and they can use it for uh, whatever use they want. Mm. That's great. And would you say then, this links back to an earlier answer you made, that the internet and social media has changed the way you can build a brand and attract sponsors and, and, and build a, a career around climbing? Uh, I think so. You know, in one hand, I would be tempted to tell you that uh, maybe it's not so easy as before. But on the other hand, uh, I, I think the way that now there is so many uh, medias involved, including uh, all the YouTube. Uh, and, and so at the end of the day, it, it's kind of uh, tremendous. Mm. So I think. Uh, in terms of uh, sponsorship, maybe it's much better than before. Sure. And do you... Sorry, please. The flip side, there is also a lot of uh, competitors because it's so easily uh, you can discover new uh, talent because people they can, do, uh, they can do their own videos, they can post it uh, themselves on YouTube, and then they can be uh, discovered. As before, there wasn't such a thing. The competition is much, much uh, harder and tougher than before. Mm. Does that, do you see that as a downside or an upside? Could that encourage you to always want to be better and to innovate? Not, not really, because, you, you know, in my field, I, I, people that are knowing me because I climb buildings. I made uh, maybe uh, 10 documentaries. Uh, I climbed 160 buildings around the world, including uh, the tallest one and some of the tallest. So uh, I, I don't even have much uh, competitors. So usually when a, when a brand, they want to associate uh, a building and uh, climbing, they are contacting me. Yeah, that's great. Um... The, the internet, the social media, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, do you embrace that? Do you enjoy building that? Or do you just want to climb and that's just a, you know, a, a part of the world that's here now? The thing is, you know, uh, as also I'm getting uh, older, you know, nowadays yeah, I'm spending time on uh, Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Instagram, unfortunately, uh, I started it too late. And nowadays, because uh, they, they have changed the uh, algorithm, so it is complicated to get uh, a lot of followers. But fortunately, my uh, presence online is uh, enormous. About 86 million of mentions. Wow. Wow. There, there is plenty of people. They are having a huge Instagram account, but online... They nearly uh, doesn't exist. Sure. Yeah, and, and look, sometimes the amount of followers we have is vanity, isn't it? You know, maybe it's more about engagement and um, the difference we make in people's lives rather than just the metrics. Exactly. Why don't you, um, I'd love to help you in any way. What is your Instagram and can we follow you? I think it's uh, Alan Robert uh, Official. Okay, so that's A-L-A-I-N. O-R-B-E-R-T, yeah. official. Yep. Great. Well, hopefully we can, we can help you get some more followers, hopefully. not <laughs> quite bad, actually. Uh, mine is, uh, you know, like a few months back, each time I was posting something, I was getting 30 up to 100,000 uh, likes. 
And after they change the algorithm, even though I am having more and more followers, uh, now people at the very maximum, I am having like five, six thousand uh, people uh, liking my uh, post. Mm. So there, there is really something different. And on the contrary, the people who were already having a very big account, they are having more and more followers. Wow. Mm. So, you know, the system is not very cool. No, no, but I think Facebook own Instagram, I believe, and I can see Instagram becoming more like Facebook every day. Uh, and I guess because Facebook did the same a few months back and my reach went down from, say, 5% to 1% or 2%, I was very annoyed. I went and started posting more on uh, LinkedIn and I was getting millions of views on a post on LinkedIn and I have a quarter of the followers on LinkedIn as I do Facebook. Um, so I wonder if it's just an opportunity to leverage another platform or to try and somehow work out the upside opportunity maybe. I, uh, well, I, the, the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, uh, nowadays I'm seeing on uh, Instagram, most of the people, they are promoting uh, their account. So this is what uh, Insta or Facebook they are looking for. They want you to pay. Yeah. So it has started uh, smoothly. People, they were getting uh, the number of followers bigger and bigger. Everything was for free. But nowadays, if you are not paying, you are not getting anything. Yeah. Yeah. Those who are uh, having the benefit, they are those who are having a very big account. Mm. Because people, they don't need to pay. No. No, I'm sure we could rant about this for a long time, Alain. Um, so um, I want to respect your time. So I've got a few quick questions left. Uh, in what you do, um, some people don't like what you do. Some laws don't like what you do. And I guess you climb at night because something about what you do is, is being worthy of being caught in some ways might even be illegal. How do you deal with that in your head? For this, I am, I, I am fine. You know, I know that uh, what I am doing uh, is bothering some people. But, you know, uh, majority of people still, they like it. I, I can see you know, the last time I climbed illegally was in London. And the way that people uh, reacted was very positive, including the cops. They were yeah. waiting for me at the top. <laughs> clap. And because there were some guys uh, taking some videos of workers working uh, on another building facing the one I was climbing. And then, unfortunately, my camera was uh, running, but the, the cops, they have removed uh, the last file. Ah. <laughs> is, is there a part of you that enjoys the, the possibility of getting caught? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, because uh, I, I also like it, you know. Uh, our society is becoming uh, more and more uh, complicated every day, meaning we are losing uh, freedom because of uh, terrorism, because of plenty of things. And of course, uh, by doing uh, what I am doing, even though it, it is considered as something uh, criminal, I, I am kind of a gentil uh, criminal. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, with uh, stealing, killing, or, 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 or raping uh, people. Have you ever had any moments where you've just thought, no, I'm, this is too much, I need to stop? No, not really. You know, I, as, long, as long as I 
feel that this is what I want to do. You know, I am having already uh, a couple of dreams ahead for January and then uh, March. So uh, as long as I am thinking about uh, what's next, and I'm not doing it uh, because of uh, of a money problem or whatsoever. I'm just doing it because um, I am passionate about climbing. I am still uh, in a good shape. I can still lift uh, my body uh, easily. Uh, I can do uh, a lot of uh, push-ups, a lot of pull-ups. So I-, I am fine. Then I enjoy. That's great. You said you've got some dreams and some things you're working on for the future. Can you share any of those with us? Well, it, 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 not really, because some of the countries, uh, it is a little bit uh, complicated. Sure. So I prefer, uh, before being there, not uh, people knowing that I'm planning to do something. And uh, yes, I will be doing like some stuff uh, in uh, Paris, uh, most likely uh, March or April, because uh, this is France. So uh, I don't have any uh, problem. Sure. You said you've done um, lots of other things other than climbing buildings, like you've been in 10 documentaries and things. So um, what other things outside of directly climbing buildings have you been involved in that you've enjoyed? Well, I, I, I enjoy doing a lot of things, to, you know, like uh, any other human beings. It can be uh, racing with a car, it can be uh, swimming, uh, it can be uh, uh, snowboarding, traveling the world, a lot, lot of things, reading books, listening music. Uh, there is many things actually that I like in life. I like eating, I also like drinking champagne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what's the best advice you've ever been given, Alain? Well, me, I would be tempted uh, to tell to the people, if they can, to fulfill uh, their dreams yeah. as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Pretty much like I did, you know. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, uh, they are dreaming uh, their life. And uh, there is some people, uh, they just don't want only to dream their life. They want to realize their dreams. Sure. And I'm in the second camp of people. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Uh, Well, the worst advice for me uh, would be uh, not to be uh, daring enough to, to realize your dreams. Having a boring life, actually, it's... It's pretty boring, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great advice. Um, is there anything, maybe one thing in the world that you feel is really wrong or that you'd really like to change? Oh, there is, there is a, a, lot, a lot of things, uh, actually. You know, uh, the, the economy, the, uh, the medical uh, system around the world in uh, general is not very good especially when living uh, in some uh, developing countries. So there is, there is plenty of things uh, to do. And on the, on the flip side, um, in most of the richest countries, people, they are, they are complaining, they are on strike. So sometimes it's kind of complicated to, to understand the mind of people. And is, is there any one thing in, in your life you feel like you want to support or campaign or use your fame to, to do? Actually, campaigning, you know, on uh, global warming mm. because uh, um, it is uh, a big uh, issue. 
Even though you know nowadays the the, the politics uh, they they do not care uh, much about it. Everything is always depending on the uh, economy. If the economy is good, then they start caring about the uh, environment. But when the economy uh, the economy is bad, they are more uh, focusing on uh, on making money. Then uh, to make money, uh, it means uh, you you know using the resources on the planet uh, as much uh, as they can. And then they are destroying the world. Um, so two more, Alain. Um, this podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Um, what does the word disruptive mean to you? Uh, it means a guy like me who is, uh, in a way, by uh, what I am doing, I am kind of uh, disrupting people. Mm, yeah, the perfect fit. Um, and then finally, what scares you, Alain? Uh, in a, in a funny way, and people usually they are laughing when I'm saying that, uh, what scares me is uh, boredom. <laughs> like, that, that perfectly fits. So um, where else can we follow you, Alain? Is there anything you want to promote? Um, I know you've shared your Instagram, but anywhere you'd like listeners to follow you? Uh, j- just may- maybe because uh, actually uh, I-, I got lucky because... Uh, I got my first big uh, sponsor in France. Uh, the name of the, the, the CEO is uh, Gilles Menetré. And uh, I am very thankful uh, because uh, he is finally the guy who nearly did uh, allow me to, to live uh, the way that I've been living uh, since uh, 1995. Wow, that's lovely. And um, do you have a YouTube channel as well where we can watch some of your work? Yes, this is this is my name also. This is uh, Alain Robert. Uh, there is also my uh, website, yeah. www.alainrobert.com. My Facebook, I forgot the name. I think it's Alain Robert uh, Athlete or, or something like that. And my uh, Instagram, Alain Robert uh, Official. Well, Alain, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I should, have you held, you've held your phone this whole time, have you? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of complicated. Oh, okay. I need to keep the same uh, position pretty much actually for quite a long time. And uh, I am sure that when I'm going to get up, I'm going to, I start to have some uh, cramp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Alan, thank you very much. Thanks for um, sharing your time with us. Really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much.